Hey, Trailblazers. Welcome back to the Business Casual Podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. If you're listening to this episode, the day comes out, it's Valentine's Day. And I love Valentine's Day. I think it's such a cute holiday. And so I wanted to just start this episode by saying that I love every single one of you for listening to Business Casual. And for that reason, you are all my Valentines this year. So whether you have a Valentine or have your Galentines or are just celebrating loving yourself today, I just wanted to say a quick happy Valentine's Day. Thank you for being here. You're in for a treat. Guys, when I tell you this guest has the coolest job I have ever heard of, and if I could maybe pick a dream job, it would be hers. I don't know if it'd be my dream job. I'm not really sure, but I definitely would love to have this job because it is so interesting and so creative and fun. And if there's one thing about me, I am a fangirl. I have always been a diehard fangirl. One Direction, Hunger Games, Divergent, you name the series. I probably was a fangirl growing up. Vampire Diaries, big fangirl. To this day, I'm still a fangirl. Taylor Swift, love her. I sadly did not get tickets to her concert, but I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to get tickets for her Canadian tour. So when I found Lily on Instagram, we talked more about how we connected with each other in the episode, but when I found her and I heard more about her role, I was like, okay, yep, you're coming on Business Casual because one of the reasons I started Business Casual, and I think I've mentioned this before, but it was to really share that there's not a set number of jobs you can have or a career that you could have. If you're interested in finance, you can have a finance job in entertainment, in movies, in fashion, in whatever interests you. If you love accounting and you want to be an accountant, you can do that in almost any industry because guess what? Every single person needs an accountant and needs to do their taxes. And if accounting and finance are not your passion or not your calling, you can find a job in whatever your passion is. And I think Lily is such a great example of that. Not to spoil it, but Lily quite literally had a passion and started a fangirl account for One Direction when she was in her late teens, early teens. I'm not sure if she said how old she was. And that literally shaped her career now working in entertainment and media. So I don't want to spoil it, but I just wanted to kind of preface this episode by saying, if you have a passion, go for it. I hope that episodes like this really inspire you to know that your dreams are not silly. And if you have a passion for something and want to create your dream career, it is possible. And people like Lily are just role models and examples of this. So that is kind of my little spiel for today's episode. Like we've mentioned in our past episodes, if you want to come to our in-person business casual event, it is happening on March 6th at the University of Toronto in downtown Toronto. So if you're in the city or in the greater Toronto area, be sure to come out. I think the link to tickets will be out by the time this episode comes out. So if you want to get your tickets, be sure to head over to the link in our Instagram bio and also check out the show notes. Go to our website for the event and you can sign up to get your ticket. It's free. Anyone can come, but be sure to get tickets because we do have limited capacity at the venue. And so if you're not on the list that night, unfortunately, you won't be able to attend. And we don't want to have to turn anyone away. So be sure to get your tickets. And as always, if you're enjoying the show, be sure to follow us on Instagram at business.casual.podcast. And if you like the show, consider giving us a five-star rating or review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And what helps us out the most is when you share our content with others. So if you want to post on your Instagram story or send the link to a friend, a colleague, a roommate who might also want to listen to Business Casual, we would love you forever because sharing is caring. 
So without further ado, let me tell you a little bit more about who Lily is. Hello, hey Trailblazers. Welcome back to the Business Casual Podcast. Today, I am bringing you another wonderful guest. I am so excited to welcome Lily to the show. Hi, Lily. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me today. I am so excited to have you here. Let's just like start at the beginning of how we met and got connected because I think it's a pretty cool story. So I'll tell it from my end, then you share your perspective. But Lily started following the Business Casual on Instagram and Mariana, who is the co-founder of the show, if you are new here, she messaged me and was like, oh my gosh, you have to look at who just followed Business Casual. Look at her bio. And I can't remember exactly what your bio says right now, but I think it was like like working with celebrities or like something to do with celebrities and A-list celebrities and social media. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. And then I like was trying to find you on Instagram or sorry, on LinkedIn. And I saw your highlight of work on your Instagram. And you've been to some very cool places and had some really very, very interesting experiences. So I was like, oh gosh, this is so cool. So then I messaged Lily right away. I was like, hi, like, thank you so much for following us. Like, you seem like you have a really cool job. I'd actually love to have you on the show. And then we chatted last week. And so I already know this is going to be a very good, good episode. And there's so much to unpack. Yeah. So I, someone, I forget who, but someone shared one of y'all's, um, like a snippet of, of your podcast. So I decided to follow you guys to remind myself to like, go listen to the podcast. Cause as a woman in like the music industry, a very male dominated industry, I love hearing other women's perspective of what they've experienced in in their world, in the business world. So when you DM me, I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing. This is like perfect. Cause I was so excited to just like start listening to you guys. And I did, but yeah, my bio says, I don't even remember what my own bio says, but I think it's like (laughs) managing socials for celebs and luxury real estate agents, something along those lines. And I try to update those work reels um, on my like story tabs, but I forget, but I'm glad you like took a look at them. Yeah, no. And it's very an interesting tagline because, and we're going to get into this. And I want to start with just your explanation of what you do, because I think as like someone just hearing that tagline, you're like, wait, that's even like a real job. And that's exactly what I, (laughs) that's a real job. People manage people's social. So what in your words and perspective, like how would you describe your job? My job is very chaotic. It's very fulfilling, but very chaotic. So for someone who is just like reading my Instagram bio, for example, and thinking, wow, like this is a job. Yes, like anything you can dream of, anything can be a job nowadays. So basically my job is, it's very different for each client, but essentially my goal is to make sure that my client, whether it be like a real estate agent or a musician or an actor, make sure that their socials are up to date making sure that they're staying on trends, make sure that they're remembering to post because a lot of these creatives creating music, creating whatever they create, that's their number one job. And social media can be very intimidating for the average person to like an A-list actor or whatever it may be. So my job is just to remind them, make sure there's a strategy for their marketing plan if they're releasing a song or they're releasing like a new merch line, making sure that they're remembering to update like You've seen like the YouTube banners um, when like a new song comes out. I'm the person sometimes that's like updating things like that. So like little things like that I'm also doing, which is like the not so exciting part. But then the exciting part is when I get to go on like 
shoot, if they're like shooting for something or to like an award show or if they're being honored at some like event or dinner, that's where I'm going and I'm taking the content for them while I'm there. So freaking cool. (laughs) I have so many questions. So I want to start kind of how you started in social media, where you learned, because also social media is very overwhelming. I mean, I think you hear so many contradicting things, but like the algorithm and when you should post and how often you should post and what should you be posting. So where did you kind of start in social media and how did you know that this was kind of something you wanted to pursue? Yeah. So I started off in social media very, very young. I mentioned this to you earlier, but I used to run a One Direction fan account back in the day and I was posting little edits. I was learning how to make edits on like an iPhone 4. Like if you remember an iPhone 4, you remember that there was like not much you could do, but it was like technology ahead of its time. So I was like making small edits. I was like posting them, stuff like that. And I really had a passion for that, but I didn't know that social media, the music industry was a career that I could get into until I was in college. I was like 18 at the time. I was going to school. I was pre-law and it really wasn't for me. I realized that I was pursuing that career because it's what like friends and family wanted me to pursue and I really wasn't happy in it. And then randomly one day, uh, a random speaker came into our class and explained about the Mebus program, which I've mentioned to you earlier, which we could talk about that also down the line. Um, And I joined the Mebus program at my school, which was a group of kids who just had interest in the entertainment industry. And through that program, I was able to obtain internships and just network with so many amazing people. And from there, I've done a little bit of everything in the music industry, in the entertainment industry, but social media has always been my love. So I always find my way to socials, no matter what I'm doing. So that's how I started, which is really crazy to think that a fan page really got me my start in this crazy world. But there's a lot of people that I've met who have had the same start, a lot of women um, which which is so amazing to to hear and like to talk to them about their experience. Did you watch the Grammys last night? I did. I did. Shout out to Harry. Uh, we'll always be a One Direction girlie. So shout out to Harry on his two two Grammys. Yeah, love Harry Styles. Although I wasn't exactly a fan of his performance. I, I think I've seen better from his tour Same. and what I, I I didn't go to any shows, but from what I saw on TikTok, <laughs> so I wasn't wasn't exactly impressed but I love Taylor I love Taylor Swift as well not to bring Taylor into it but I love Taylor <laughs> and I love Harry I was I was talking about Harry Styles and of course I had to bring up Taylor but mm-hmm. I was seeing all the TikToks this morning of them talking of people like filming them talking at the Grammys last night and I was just getting in my feels because I wish they were together because I love both of them oh but- no same I was like I'm in group chats with like some of my music industry friends and some of my friends and like all my group chats were like going off I was like raving about bad bunny the entrance like i always tell everyone it's the year of like the like hispanic latino artists like bad bunny really proved that like he really made everyone feel like they were like in puerto rico even if you've never been so really proud to like be latino myself not puerto rican but very proud so love the grammys last night yes no totally totally agree with that and he brings a lot of energy to the stage um which is always fun to watch (laughs) so you start with this One Direction fan account, and then you end up in this program and you get some internships and networking. So can you talk about your first real experience, like actually managing socials and what was that like? And 
maybe how you kind of started to realize like, okay, this is actually a career I can pursue. Because I know now you're freelance, which I think is important to mention. Mm -hmm. But before you were freelance, you were actually working for, is it, was it an agency? Is that what it was considered? Yes. I was working for an agency prior to being freelance. Okay. And Um, so what was that experience like? Yeah. So I got my first real taste of social media my second ever internship where I was doing marketing. I was doing tour marketing slash like booking artists for um, a place here in Atlanta. But one of the artists on their roster was having a really hard time with social media. And my boss at the time knew that I had this obsession with like TikTok and like posting. So he was like, do you want to take a stab at it? And I was like, sure. This sounds really fun, really exciting. It was a little difficult just because they're based out of Minnesota, I believe, and I'm in Georgia. So it was like a very hard, it was a really great taste, but it was really hard in knowing how to film content for them and explaining certain content because they're 40-year-olds. So I had to give them a step-by-step tutorial on how to post an Instagram story, how to go live. So having that first taste really let me see that I do know a lot about social media and that I could get paid to explain to people how to do things that I was doing on a day-to-day basis. So I did that roughly for six months and COVID hit. I realized that the touring world was kind of non-existent. It was a very scary place. So I saw a job opening for the agency that I was at prior and that's where I was for about a year. And I that's when I got like the big bite of like social media where I was with big name artists. I was going to these events. I was like meeting people who worked at record labels that I heard of as a kid that I thought were impossible to like get into. I was making friends with those people. So there, I was there for about a year and then realized that I could do it on my own. And I took the jump into the freelance world and I've been here for about a year a year and a couple months now. And it's been amazing. I've, I think freelance is like a roller coaster. Any freelancers out there know, but I get to set my own schedule. I get to pick the clients I get to work with. I really get to find those projects that I'm passionate about. I really love working with women and like Latinos. Um, so I'm really out here working with the people that I've dreamed about working that I thought were impossible to reach as a, like as a kid. So it's it's been amazing. There's a lot of um, exciting things that I'm working on currently. And I just love that now. Something that I did as a kid is something that I get to do full time now. So I'm like living the dream now, like my own Hannah Montana moment. <laughs> I love that. No, that, that is so true. And so, okay, I have a question. Like, yeah, I feel like it's kind of hard to like conceptualize like what. So let's like, can you share a client that you've worked with that maybe we can share like, okay, if you're not the one filming the content, do you get together and do like a strategy session where you're like, okay, what do you mm-hmm. have going on this month? Like, here's what we're doing. And then is it kind of like you give them a schedule? Do they send you the content and then you share it? Like who, it's like you manage their DMs as well. Like, I just <laughs> feel like there's so many aspects of like managing social media. Yeah. So I want to kind of like give listeners like concrete, like what are some examples? And I know you've shared with me before, like some people you've worked with. So maybe we can also share that to give listeners a little peek into that 
Yeah. So it's very different for each client. Like, for example, there was this um, duo named Static and Vanel. I was in charge of posting for them, but they're based out of Europe. So they were they had their own photographer. We had a shared Google Drive. So they were sending everything to me. I was thinking up captions, sending it to them for approval. And I was the person, I feel so bad, but I was the person like responding to fans. Like, I love you. Thank you so much for tagging. It's like, that's one of the parts that I feel really bad about because I I will see, like one of my friends manages uh, socials for like a really big band. And I will see people like freaking out, like, oh my God, they liked my post. And I'll send screenshots to my fan being like, oh my God, they're working so hard today. <laughs> so like, that's one of the parts that I do like feel bad because I know as a fan, it's very exciting to get that like small interaction, whether it's like a like or a repost. So are most celebrity accounts managed by someone else? I would say a big portion of them are managed. A lot of like celebrities, actors or whatever it may be do have access to their own socials. But a lot of like the reposting and the liking is done by someone in their bedroom, in their car, like a social media manager like myself. Um, But for that band, Static and Manel, since they were based out of Europe, I had like just a full bank of content. And um, if they had a single coming out, then I would get with their record label and we would work together to see how they were available to me. So I would let them know I really like I would have a wish list of items that I would want for them to like provide for me. I didn't get them a lot of the times just because I didn't have access to the artist. Like I mentioned to you before, sometimes I have access to the artist. Sometimes I don't. Um, One time. I've worked with a country singer here in Georgia. With them, I was like able to go to their home and like record content, their day-to-day basis. Like they really loved horseback riding. So one day they just took me to their farm and I was like taking pictures of them and video. And I knew that I could like use that to upload later. So it's very different for each client, but it's, it's an amazing experience whether I don't have access to them or I do. Well, that definitely makes me feel better because Taylor Swift still doesn't acknowledge me, but it makes me feel better because I would know it's not Taylor Swift. It's her assistant or her social media manager. So that makes me feel better. But (laughs) it's just so interesting to hear from your perspective being on the inside because as a fan and a consumer, I think the same way you mentioned when you were a kid, these celebrities and record labels were just so out of reach and out of like, they didn't even seem like real people. I feel like it still feels like that for me, but I'm definitely a fangirl. So I also wanted to ask you how you deal with fangirling. If you experience that, maybe I'm just kind of crazy and experienced fangirling but do you ever get those experiences where you've worked with someone and it's just such a surreal experience and you have you just want to fangirl no I've I've had those moments a lot so I am a huge fan of a lot of people but I got to work with this artist on I did like such a small part on on this project for an artist named role model Um, and I had no idea one day when I got on a zoom call that they were going to be part of the zoom call. And that was one of the times where I didn't know the artist was going to be present. So I so fast had to make sure I was muted and I turned off my screen because I just had to like scream because I was like, oh my God, I listen to their music every day. I've seen them in concert. And then during the call, they were like, oh, that's a really great idea, Lily. And I was like, 
they think my idea is great. So I, I just got, I remember getting red and being like, oh my God, like they think my idea is really great. So I, I do have fangirl moments, um, but I've learned when to keep it professional because, you know, For you sure. don't want to scream in their face and be like, oh my gosh, I'm a huge fan. I used to have posters of you in my room type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Because that would just be like, oh my God, she's crazy. But yes, I've, I've had fangirl moments. I've been able to just be part of like concerts in little ways, like taking content. So there are times where I'm kind of like working, but it just like hits me that I'm like living this life that I never thought would be possible. So I've had plenty of fangirl moments, but I just like sometimes will go to the bathroom and be like, oh my God, like they're there. So I've learned to like kind of hide it, I hope. But I, I still like to let them know that I respect their work and then that, you know, I'm... I'm happy that I get to work with them because a lot of people, a lot of celebrities I've realized don't get told in like a certain way. Like they'll have fans, but the people they work with don't really tell them like, hey, I really respect what you're doing. So I try to tell them that in, in like a very professional way. And like they usually like smile or like, oh, cool. Thanks. I've never gotten that before. So it's, it's really amazing getting to work with some awesome people. Who would be your dream clients? Or dream person my dream client would be one direction like all of them together <laughs> like i have to go back to my roots like i have to go back and you know pay pay my dues with them tell them thank you because if it weren't for them i honestly truly don't think i would have gone into the entertainment industry if i would have never like opened a silly little fan account as a kid i don't think i would be here today so i just would love to work with all five of them together or separately i think that would be iconic for the whole world i think it should be a national holiday if one direction ever gets back together but i'm showing too much of my fangirl roots um <laughs> is there any pressure from you for the content to do well i mean i know in today's day and age of like TikTok and Instagram, the algorithms change every single day. Mm-hmm. What success or fame looks like on Instagram and TikTok, I feel like it's also changing every single day. So how do you kind of measure success in your role? And how do you kind of outline what content does well or what doesn't? Or is that something you not necessarily is in your realm of what success means when working with a client? Yeah. So when I first started out, I would really like get upset with myself because everyone wants to go viral. Even as a social media like person now, I'm like, why didn't this go viral? I Sometimes it's like, hmm, am I a failure? But I've learned now that success looks different for each person, for each client. I have, I could have like an A-list client, but they could have zero followers on like TikTok, for example, just because they're not using it. But if their videos in, are getting like a 10% engagement, to me, that's success. If they're growing every single day, even if it's by like 20 followers, I know 20 followers is like such a small number for like an A-list celebrity, but like, let's say they're growing by like 20,000 followers each day, like that's success to me because I can't control the algorithm. I can't control what fans like. I can get as close as I can to it. I can really get into the mindset of a fan of what they can do, but I can't control the algorithm at the end of the day. And I really have established that in my mind because there were times where I'm like, oh, wow, I thought that was going to do very well, but it flopped. So now small wins, I take every single small win. So like if a client was only getting like 
50 comments every like video and now they're getting like 55 that's a win for me so small wins are are what I tend to celebrate and if they go viral then that's amazing um but small wins that's way better than like no wins at all in my book and I think that's even relevant to having a personal Instagram or like building a personal mm-hmm. brand which is also what I t- what I want to talk about next because yeah I think not only in entertainment but in general in the world relationship building is so important and for you as someone who's doing freelance obviously that's what why people are going to want to work with you because they like who lily is and they trust lily and they want lily to be on their team we are going to take a quick break to jump into an ad real quick huge thank you to athletic greens for sponsoring this episode i feel like i always get questions about if i actually take athletic greens and if i like it and the answer is yes I literally use Athletic Greens and I take AG1 every single day. Honestly, when I think back to why I started it, I really wanted to see what the hype was all about. And I did not have very good gut health and I really wanted some more energy and to really boost my immune system, especially with everything that's been happening the last few years. And I have not looked back ever since starting it. I take it every single morning and it's so easy. It's just one scoop of AG1 and you get 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day off right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, and can even help with energy, recovery, and focus. Pretty much everything you would want in a multivitamin, you can find in AG1. Like I said, I take it every single morning, and I'm actually traveling this weekend, or I guess when you're listening to it, I was traveling last weekend, and I brought my AG1 travel packs with me, because I want to make sure that even when I'm traveling, my immune system is as strong as possible. It's one thing with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance so you can get rid of all the other supplements you take every single morning. It's a small microhabit with big benefits, and it's one thing you can do every single day and take great care of yourself. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash business casual. Again, that is athleticgreens.com dot com slash business casual to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. How have you navigated the relationship building and the networking part? Was it something that came easy to you or do you have to work on that? Like, were you always very outgoing and did you find it easy to put yourself in a room where you didn't know anyone? Because mm-hmm. even though I'm outgoing, I found even with my internship this summer, if there were a lot of people in the room who I respected or maybe I wanted to be like one day or I really looked up to or had just high positions in the company, automatically I just found it really difficult to insert myself in conversations or raise my hand. And so I cannot imagine being in entertainment and having to raise your hand in front of record labels or A-list celebrities and say like, hi, I'm Lily. I can do this for you. I have all the skills. Mm -hmm. How have you navigated that? So I've always (laughs) been a very shy person. Um, I've always been like the the quiet friend in the corner, making sure that like if someone didn't talk, making sure that, you know, they get a chance to speak. And I think that 
a lot of people will see that as like a bad thing, but that has really helped me um, because I really study people, if that makes sense. I really study how they act. I, I remember random things about people. So when I'm networking, if someone will tell me like, oh, my kid's birthday is like this day. Oh, for some reason, I don't even know why I'll remember it, remember it. And then I'll just text them like a year later, be like, oh, happy birthday or something like that, which people really tend to appreciate. And when it comes to being in those rooms with those like executives and like those people that people see on LinkedIn and like are unreachable, I really have started to, in the past couple of months, I of course love doing like my morning affirmations and like telling myself like you got this and like stuff like that. But I realize that I really know what I'm doing that this is no longer a hobby of mine, that these people are reaching out to me or someone told them about me because they know that my work actually does work and that I know what I'm doing. So little by little, every day, I've just like realized my worth, which took a long time. Um, I know that I'm still young and I'm still young in like the industry, but I realized my worth. I realized that Yes, I'm a woman. Men, people are going to speak over me, but I really have to make myself known in this industry. So it's been hard, but um, every day I'm working towards it every single day. I'm not perfect at it yet, which a lot of people think you have to be perfect, but everyone has flaws and our flaws make us better. So I'm I'm still learning each and every single day. No, I totally resonate with what you just said. And I think for me, it's been the same with the podcast. Like, Mm-hmm. owning the brand and owning that yes at the beginning this was a hobby I fully admit that, like when I started this I thought it was going to be like a 10 episode passion project but it has become way more than that and now is literally my biggest passion and something I love and something I want to do full-time but it took yeah. me so long to enter a room and really own that this was my thing and not mm-hmm. just some small hobby that people kind of brush over in conversation because I wanted to focus on it and share it with everyone. And I think especially this past year, going to a lot more in-person events and speaking with people who I think would one, be interested in the podcast or should listen Mm -hmm. or should just know that it exists. I really had to learn how to own it and not underestimate my own abilities and the work that I've put into it, which is so, so easy. I feel like it's always easy to underestimate and harder to mm-hmm. not even overest- like overstate, but just say exactly what it is. So I feel like even I have been working on that and the idea of like believing yourself. You have to be like your number one fan, no matter what. I've realized like my friends are supportive, my family's supportive, but at the end of the day, like you have to be your number one fan when you like step into that room, when you step into that Zoom call. You really have to like make your presence known and know that at the end of the day, you're your number one fan and you're your number one supporter. And if you have a dream, go after it. Like be delusional. Like you never know what could happen from like starting a podcast or from like networking with someone. There's so many opportunities out there that you really just have to be your number one fan and cheer yourself on as you go on the crazy roller coaster that we like call life. For sure. I love the saying, be your own biggest fan. I think Mm -hmm. even in general, sometimes we rely on – like if we're networking and we meet someone, Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes we rely on the fact that, oh, I met that person, so they're going to help me now. And while, yes, that person might open more doors for you, I still think in your mind it should be like, I have to pursue that relationship. Someone's not just going to wake up and want to spend their time helping me. Everyone is – and it's terrible to say it, but everyone Mm -hmm. is a little bit selfish. Everyone is doing things Mm -hmm. for 
their own benefit. Obviously, people are very much willing to help. And the only reason I am where I am today is because people have helped me along the way. But if you don't, yeah, yeah, but if you don't push your hand up for those opportunities and Mm -hmm. I think the advocate for yourself is really important because you have to put your hand up for those roles and make sure that when the opportunity comes up, people think of you, but you have to make sure that Mm -hmm. they're in your, you have to make sure that you're in their head, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. You have to keep that relationship going. When I was starting off with networking, I thought that just by like introducing myself, having a conversation, that was enough. But I realized like, no, I have to continue. Like, for example, on LinkedIn, I used to hate LinkedIn. I still kind of do. Um, but if someone that I've networked with posted something, an accomplishment, I'm there. I'm congratulating them. If I think of them like two weeks down the line, I'll send them a message like, hey, thinking of you, like, hope your new position's going great. Like, if you ever need anything social media related, reach out to me. Or if I think of anything in like their realm, I'll reach out to them and just continue that whole relationship because it's very, very important in the entertainment industry and like any industry. So relationships will get you very, very far, but you have to keep on building them. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I think something that we get asked a lot or that gets brought up in like the business casual community a lot is how do I follow up and how do I keep the relationship going? And I think exactly what you just said, it's not you don't need to coffee chat with someone every three months or you don't have to have a note on your calendar like every a set number of days follow up with someone or send them an email. I think it's exactly like you mentioned, the small things like comment on their LinkedIn or if something comes up that reminds you of them, sending it their way. And those are very small things that don't, I think a lot of times we also feel like we're being annoying and following up is just, we're bothering someone. But those small compliments or messages you're not asking for something. You're simply just contributing and trying to like build that relationship up. So I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's something we get asked a lot is how do you follow up and keep that conversation going? Yeah. At the end of the day, everyone's human. So that human interaction, you could be like talking to the CEO of the biggest record label in the world, but they're human. So just don't think of them as as this like really big, like high up person. Think of them as a human. If they're like, oh, I really like golfing. There's another connection. If you use the golf, like do little things like that. Don't think of them as like very scary, intimidating people. That's what that used to frighten me a lot. So now I just think of them as a human. They're, they're a mother, a sister, a friend, like whatever it may be. That will make the like take a little bit of the stress away, if that makes sense. Yes, definitely agree. And everyone is going through their own issues and problems and insecurities. Everyone is human, even the stars on the red carpet of the Grammys. Like everyone is insecurities. Not, I think another thing that we're always chasing is we think that if we get to a certain point in life, then we'll be happy. And I am so guilty of this. I think that, oh, once I'm through this, like then I'll be happy and everything's gonna be great. But it's just gonna keep moving. And so I think if you have the mindset of once I get here, it's gonna be great you're never really going to reach that happiness. So that's a whole other conversation, a whole other topic. (laughs) But I want to talk a little bit while we're here on like relationship building and networking Mm -hmm. in terms of being a woman in the entertainment industry. I know you mentioned that there aren't a lot of women in entertainment. I read a stat that I'm going to read out quickly, but it said in television in 2021, women represented 30% of creators, 31% of directors, and 24% of editors on streaming platforms. Meanwhile, in broadcast programming, women represented just 22% of creators, 19% of directors and editors, and okay, that's the end of the stat. I thought there was something else. So (laughs) I know entertainment is a very broad term, so there's way 
more umbrellas than just like broadcast and film. What has your experience been like? Have you had mentorship? Are there communities that people can go to for resources? So for me, there have been times where I've entered a room, whether it be like an action room, a Zoom call, where it has been men or if there are other women where I've been the only minority. So that stat, that number, if you break it down, I'm sure that like women of color, um, the stat is even smaller. So there's this amazing, um, it's a Facebook group. It's called Girls Behind the Rock Show. It's a Facebook group where anyone that doesn't identify as a man, girl, um, just anyone, you can ask questions. There's people posting job opportunities. I've met my best friend on that Facebook group. She is the person I talk to every day. She does um, tech music stuff. I couldn't tell you really what she does, but she's my best friend. Love her. Shout out, Steph. So in that group, Girls Behind the Rock show, uh, if you even have like a small interest in pursuing anything in the music industry, entertainment industry, I should say, a group that I recommend anyone should join. Um, there's also Amplify Her, where they're showing, where they're sharing stats, they're sharing opportunities. I believe they have done mentorships for people who are in college, and I know friends who have done mentor mentorships through them. So those two platforms have really gotten me through some stuff. Like Girl Behind the Rock show, I've posted things about how to deal with certain clients or bosses or just anything. And I've gotten so much support from people that I don't know from all over the world. And that's also a really great networking opportunity for people to use because there'll be a lot of people just wanting to connect with one another. So those two platforms, I recommend anyone just to check them out, give them a follow and um, just look into them. Even if you have like a tiny bit of interest in pursuing a career in the entertainment industry. There are so many resources and sometimes it's so overwhelming to even find the resources. So I'm glad you pointed that out and maybe we'll try and link them in the show notes. So if you're interested in finding them, check out the show notes. We'll try and link them there. And I think another thing I was going to mention is that you can even use social media in general, like even just TikTok to find creators who might be in the same space as you. I feel like we think that it has to be a super formal you know, mentorship program or not that a Facebook group is formal, but formal platforms. I think there's also a lot of informal ways that you can connect with people in the industry. But again, going back to believing yourself and advocating for yourself, you have to put the effort in and make the first move. Yes. I've connected with some amazing people just by leaving a comment on like a TikTok. Um, one of my friends is a photographer and I met them through TikTok. They do concert photography. And I was just like, this is really cool. Like I, you know, have clients in the music industry and then we just connected and we talk and they've done work for me I've done work for them so TikTok is really your best friend it, like you said it doesn't have to be like formal like on LinkedIn or anything like that you could just leave a comment on an Instagram post or something and doors could open for you for sure I love that and the last kind of topic I want to touch on was freelance so I know you mentioned it but you currently are freelancing and working for yourself so do you have any tips for anyone that wants to pursue freelancing on how to set up your schedule or keep yourself accountable or motivated and just staying on top because I'm not freelance. I'm a student, but I feel like even as a student, no one's on top of you to do your do your work. And it can be hard to find that motivation when there's no one around you like coworkers or a boss to manage you. Yeah. So for freelance, 
like I said, I've only been doing it for a year. So I feel like me personally, I'm still learning. Like right now I'm learning the whole tax thing that I have to do. Like that's a whole nother like world, but I'm just like, oh my God, I never even thought about it. And then tax season opened and I'm over here, like learning how to do all these <laughs> things. But, um, with freelancing, it's, it's a roller coaster. There's good days. There ba- there, there's bad days, but I feel like that's, with any job for sure and if you're a very like schedule oriented person I feel like freelance is something you could really thrive in I love having an open schedule like if on a Monday I don't want to work from my house I want to go work from a friend's house or a coffee shop I love that I have the opportunity to do that it can be scary because there's no guarantee on how much money you'll make. But if you are passionate about what you're doing and you continue networking, clients can come in. Um, and another thing that I mentioned that I love about freelance is that I get to pick who I want to work with. Um, I've worked with clients who I just don't like what they've said or I, I'm not a fan. But with freelance, I can pick who I want. I've turned away people just because I know that I, I wouldn't be the best fit for them. So with freelance, you really get to pick what you who you want to work with. And that's something that I really, really love. And I get to work from anywhere. Um, in December, I spent like a whole month in Mexico being with family. So I was, so I was nice. working from Mexico. And if I had like a normal like office job, I wouldn't be able to do that. So I really get to, I appreciate the fact that I, as long as I have internet and like my phone, I can work from anywhere. So there's a lot of like pros and cons to um, freelance. And I feel like YouTube videos really helped me on like how to set up like an LLC and like all of this, like things that no one really tells you how to do. So YouTube videos, just Googling how to set up an LLC really, really helped me because I had no clue where to start. And I spent a lot of months researching like how to properly open like an LLC so I could do my taxes later on and all those like not so fun things yeah I think those are all things that you don't really think about this is so random and off topic but last night my mom and I were looking into catering companies because we're having an in-person event for business casual and I looked at my mom and I said we should just start our own catering company and then my mom was like oh that's a good idea and then she started listing off all the reasons why you can't just open a catering company because of like food safety which makes sense but in my mind I was like oh, I didn't realize it would be so complicated. I thought you could just like start things because I feel like, especially in today's day and age, everything seems very easy. Like you can just start a podcast. You can just start a business. But I feel like you forget that there are a lot of other nuances that go into working for yourself or starting a business that just don't come to mind right away. No, I'm the same way. I've been with my sister or friends. I'm like, why don't we start this business ourselves? Like we can do this. And then we start to thinking like, oh, we don't have this equipment. Yeah. Or where would we do it? And it's like, oh, wait, no, we can't. But if we wanted to, I'm sure we could. So been there. Yeah. No, well, thank you so much for all of your advice, Lily. It was so cool hearing more about your role and how you've paved a way and a career for yourself in entertainment and media and music. So our final question of the episode is, what is one piece of advice you want to leave listeners with that you wish you knew when you started your career or that you've been given that's really stuck with you? My piece of advice that I've been given is to, as long as you're doing something with passion and with love, you shouldn't have to worry about what others think. We live in a in a day and age where we're thinking, oh, what is this person thinking about? Or do they hate me? Stuff like that. In reality, nine out of 10 times, people aren't thinking about you, like judging you. So just 
do it because you never know what could happen. And honestly, be delusional. Like if you have an idea, if you have a goal, be delusional, be your number one fan, because even if you don't go where you want, you could be redirected into a whole new place and you never know. So be delusional, do something, do it with love, do it with passion. And remember to always be nice to people because no one wants to work with the mean person and always be nice and just do what you want to do and don't, don't stop until you get there. Definitely lead with kindness is always so important. I think we'll get you a lot further than you think. So I think that piece of advice sums up this whole episode. It was so fun chatting. Thank you so much for coming on the Business Casual and sharing your career with us. And yeah, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so much. And if anyone has any questions or anything or even wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, I'm always willing to chat with people. So thank you so much. 